Hello, my friends, and welcome to uh, episode 150 of our Keeping Up with the King series. When I say our, I mean, well, mine. Uh, my name is Mike. I'm your uh, Run of the Mills podcast guy. And today, we're going to do what I said I was going to do last time. Yes, that's right. I'm actually going to finish Matthew chapter 13. Last time I said I was going to, and I was so into what I was talking about that I totally forgot the last verse of the whole chapter. So, uh, anyway, with that being said, uh, we're going to take a look at this last little verse. And what I find is interesting about this verse is just how it's sometimes used um, and I'm going to read it. This is what it says. Remember, well, remember the context. The context. Uh, the context is that Jesus uh, has been uh, basically rejected by his hometown. They are saying, who is this guy? Where did he get this teaching? And um, Jesus says, no, prophet's not without honor except in his hometown. And then it says this. Now, he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. Now, he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. Now, this is also mentioned in uh, the book of Mark uh, as well. And this, well, it's the same account, but there's an addition to it. It says, except for, you know, healing a few that were sick. So uh, what I find interesting about this is how there are some people really like this verse and they like to use it to, um, I, I guess it's to explain why God does not sometimes do miraculous things in people's lives. And it's, I think it's often abused by those people that are in, uh, what may be called the signs and wonders movement, uh, health and wealthers, uh, name it and claim it. Uh, because a lot of times what you hear from, from those in that, in those movements or the, the word of faith movement is that if, if you're going to boil it down to kind of some of their basic false teachings is like, if you really believe God's going to, you know, that God will do it, God will do it. If you have enough faith, God will heal you. If God doesn't heal you, then the problem is yours because God always heals everyone. And they like to use this verse to say, look, here's the problem. You know, Jesus, uh, he did not do many works there because of their unbelief. Um, and in some translations say things that are a, a bit different that sound like it's like he could not even do um, any mighty works there because of their unbelief. And it seems to me like there's this strange embracing of Jesus couldn't do anything because of their unbelief. He was hindered. God's work was hindered because of their unbelief. And I always have like a natural inclination to push back against that. I, I it bothers me when we get too much into Jesus couldn't do miracles because of whatever, because if Jesus wants to do miracles, he can do miracles. But I think there's also, of course, the fact of the matter that he didn't do things there because of unbelief. And we see that that God has chosen to work through our belief. You know, when it comes down to it, that's that's what it's about. Is Are we going to believe him? Not are we going to believe he exists, but are we going to believe? Are we going to trust uh, in what he's said? You know, our salvation is by faith or by grace through faith, Right. It's by grace. That's it's a free gift. But how do we receive that free gift? Well, it's we just believe it. We believe that what Jesus said, that that offer of forgiveness, that His death on the cross is sufficient. And so it's it's not just believing that 
God did it, but it's believing that it, that what he said is true, that it is powerful, uh, and that his death is powerful enough to save you, that you're, you're believing what he said. So anyway, um, that's my natural, my, my normal first response is anytime anybody starts saying God can't, um, it, it, I, I always gets my, 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 uh, my red flags go up, but here's a question for you. Is there something God can't do? Now we've talked about this in the past about sometimes people ask trick, trick questions of Christians because they're trying to, to get you locked up in your words, you know, uh, kind of like the Pharisees did to Jesus. They try to ask the unanswerable questions, you know? And so uh, sometimes people ask questions like, is God all powerful? Um, and they want you to say yes. And so when you say yes, they say, well, could God do something, you know, whatever it is that they think that God shouldn't be able to do. Um, and they say, well, if God's all powerful, can he create a rock so heavy that he can't lift it? You know, that kind of thing. And, and the thing that, that they misunderstand is that like God's omnipotence, um, his, his, the, the attribute of God being all powerful does not mean that God is able to do anything. God, God is able to do anything that's not contrary to his character and his nature. And so God can't, there's certain things God can't do. Um, God can't deny himself. God can't uh, cease to exist. There are certain things that, that God can't do because they would deny who he is. So uh, with that being said, there are, what else, what other things can God not do? Well, we know that God is not only omnipotent, meaning having all power, but also or having power over all things, but also omniscient, meaning having all knowledge. So if God is omniscient, can God learn? Well, no, God cannot learn because then he would seek to be omniscient. Uh, and so that's something God cannot do. Now, you'll find there are some people in some um some, I don't know if you call it, I guess pseudo-religious or pseudo-Christian groups that believe God is always learning and always expanding. I had some young men who were uh, of the um, Latter-day faith or Latter-day Saints, uh, the also known as the Mormon church, on my porch one time, and we were talking about this topic, and, and they were telling me how God is always expanding, always growing, always, um, always learning, and... Um, and I found that very disturbing. And I asked them, you know, if that disturbed them. And they said, oh, no, it's great because God is always increasing in knowledge and becoming greater all the time. And and for me, you know, it was the opportunity to share with them, like, you realize that by doing that, by saying this, if this is true about your God, your God is not trustworthy. Your God's not trustworthy. If your God can learn, he's not trustworthy. Because if he, if he can learn, it means he doesn't already know everything. If he doesn't already know everything, it doesn't mean he has all knowledge. And if he doesn't have all knowledge, then he can be wrong. And if he can be wrong, then he cannot be 100% trustworthy. He cannot be faithful to his word. You cannot trust everything he says because he is therefore fallible. So it's important to us that God is omnipotent and omniscient that he has all knowledge. I was talking with my daughters last night about uh, Marvel movies, right? And you've got these characters that are referred to sometimes as gods like Odin and Thor, you know, based on um, 
Norse mythology. And you know, you think about even other mythological uh, beings, and you think about other uh, other gods of other religions. And what you find is that they all pale in power and in glory to the true God. They every change they make to him makes him less. Like I mentioned, the Mormon God who is always learning and always growing and is not eternal. Uh, he, they believe he eternally exists, but not that he eternally existed. And our God is always the same, never changing. Uh, what we would call immutable. God doesn't change. Um, that's another thing God cannot do. God cannot change. God can deal with humanity in different ways. God can do different things, but God himself in his very nature and his person, he does not change. And that is contrary to the Mormon God. So when the Mormons stand on my porch and they say, we serve the same God, we serve the same Jesus. I say, no, we don't because your God is little and my God is big. Your God does not have all knowledge. My God does. Your God has not always existed. My God has. My, my God has power over all things. Your God does not. He's a, he's a limited. He's, he is a dwarfed God. And you think about Odin and Thor and Zeus, etc. Well, they're all just, they're, they're just, uh, extreme examples of men. They're, they're men with greater powers, but still even greater, you know, great human flaws, which we don't see in the God of the Bible. So anyway, um, now I think we can safely say we are at the end of Matthew chapter 13, that, uh, you know, Jesus has, and God has chosen to work through the faith of men. And so when men don't believe, they don't see God work. And if God is if God has spoken, here's the great thing. If we believe what he has said, right? God said it, I believe it. I step out in faith and God shows up. That's how it works. Jesus spoke, the people didn't believe, and so they miss out. Because if you don't believe, are you going to go to him for healing? Are you going to go to him for wisdom? Are you going to go to him to to well, are you going to go to him for anything if you think he's just a lying fake from your hometown because you knew his family uh, and they were poor people and, you know, whatever. So anyway, uh, all that to say, you know, God has chosen to work through faith, which is a phenomenal thing. Um, and also for us, it should be that thing where we're constantly saying, how do I how do I step out in faith here? How do I put God's word in action? How do I read it and say, okay, this is what God has said, so therefore this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to act upon the promises he's made. And that's faith. And when you do that, the glorious, amazing, wonderful, fantastic, amazing thing is you get to see God work. God bless you. Talk to you next time.